This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is, huh? Anybody? Monday, Tuesday, hump day is halfway. It's Mike Shope. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> and the Bulldog. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! On WGR. Hump day. Sports Radio 550. Welcome into the show today. Welcome to Shope and the Bulldog. I am neither Shope nor Bulldog. Zach Jones along with you for today. Mike has the day off. Bulldog has the day off. I will not be alone today, however. Corey Griswold behind the board joins me today. It gets worse. It absolutely, it 1,000% gets worse. Oof. Along with us today for the first hour of today, our own Paul Hamilton joins us as well. Paul, I will tell you, joining us today after that Sabres game last night might be a good thing. It might be a little therapeutic. <laughs> it might be pretty good. I don't know if I'll be therapeutic for you, but... Uh... Yeah, that was a mess, wasn't it? It was a tough game. I, I tweeted out last night, and I, I wish I could have cooked this up as a joke. It truly was honest in every way. By the time I'd gotten home from our Amherst studio to my Cheektowaga home, it was 3 nothing Toronto Maple Leafs. I, like, I just, man, I, it's, it, is it them playing at home? Is it, what is it that this team just, at times, they look all sorts out of sort. I, I know they're a young team, Paul, but man, like they just they have their moments where you believe like, hey, like they might make a run here. It's a young team, but here we go. Like they look good. And then it's just right into the concrete. I just I don't it, I'm still trying to figure out like what I make of this team. I thought you were going to tell me from the time you left the Amherst Studios till you got to your car it was three nothing. I believe uh, then it was two nothing. <laughs> I believe it was two nothing at that point. Um yeah that's it Last night was inexcusable. There is no excuse to come out and play like that 
even if you don't have your game, show you're alive. I mean, Alex Tuck and a little bit of Kyle Oposo were basically it as far as any pushback whatsoever. I mean, you let your arch rival walk into your building and punk you like that and laugh at you, which they were doing, and just totally humiliating you and embarrassing you. And nothing, no pushback at all, nothing. I, I don't understand it. I guess I'm old because that wouldn't have gone down back in my day. I mean, the, the whole, you would not have let – you might have lost. You might have lost 8 nothing, but the other team wouldn't have been laughing at you and, and embarrassing you and basically looking like you just picked up sides on the pond and, uh, and, and just passing the puck around and doing a little pond hockey out there because that's what it looked like. And it, it couldn't have been easier for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was zero, zero pushback from that hockey team. It was totally unprepared. And I'm basically talking about one game here. I'm not talking about the season. I'm not talking about other games. I'm just talking about this game. There was absolutely zero excuse for that. And, you know, the, you, you can't come out and play like that against your arch rival in your building. I think that's the big part to for me too. Is, is yesterday throughout, not even just the afternoon, but the morning, midday, everything. It was it was the build up to. It's the only game this year where Toronto's in your building. You know the, the Maple Leafs fans are going to be there, but hey, this team's exciting. Toronto kind of needs this game as well. You at least for the fans, bring back an old player and Ryan O'Reilly. Like it, it felt like there was potentially going to be a really, really big game, and it, and it also is potentially starting the week of maybe the most important week of the season for the Sabres. Of course, I, they have two Florida teams that they've got to go up against, and neither one of them they stack up very well, so it did feel like the Toronto game was going to be maybe the most important this week, and now I, I want to believe this team can be a playoff team, even without making a trade, Paul. I, I, I'm of the belief, maybe don't necessarily add a Jacob Chikrin or a Timo Meyer, but maybe add depth defense to kind of just sure up the blue line but now like a part of me is kind of sitting here going I feel like you just need to do that to maybe get the most out of this young group I, I look back at like the Bills when when McDermott and Bean at first got there I think them making the playoffs their first year at least McDermott making the playoffs his first year really gave him a lot of leg room with the fans where they could kind of work they could do maybe some more aggressive stuff and not really be you know I guess chewed out by the fans as much but it's it's tougher to do that when you're Adams and Granado going. We're just we're gonna you know stay pat. Just we're gonna let the process take over. When you do have games like last night where your arch rival just walked up and down the ice with basically no opposition until late in the third. Yeah, well, and by that time the Leafs are just trying to get home. You know, because really, if you look at the three goals Buffalo scored, they shouldn't have scored any of them. Samsonov should have stopped all three of them. Absolutely, they're they're from distance, and none of them should have gone in. But they did play better, but you play better against a team that had a 5 nothing lead who were just trying to get the game into the garage, as Bulldog would say. Um, and I've always said this, and I don't mean it to an insult to fans or you or me or anybody else, but the minute Kevin Adams starts listening to you or me or the fans is the day he should be fired. Fully agree. He should Absolutely. be fired that, that minute. So, you know, whatever the fans say or think or I say or think, it doesn't matter. I mean, if he believes in what he's doing – that's fine, and if it doesn't work, he's the one that's going to be fired for it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, – I don't mind them, uh, you know, if they're looking for a defenseman or something like that. Even 
you know, they could get in on the Timo Meyer thing, and, and Adams is monitoring that and everything, but, you know, what's the price that Mike Greer's asking? Is he asking for the moon? Is It's not worth it. If you got to give up three first-round picks, one of your young players, that's not worth it. I mean, he's a good player, and he's a, he's a big player, and he would really help this organization, but you can't give up that much for just one player uh, you know, in, in what you're doing. So should that price start to come down a little bit? You know, I think the Sabres, that would be something they might be interested in because it fits the profile of a, you know, a 26-year-old, and they would have to be sure that they they could re-sign him. They, you don't want to just get him for a year or two and then he's gone. Um, but a 26-year-old who not only can help you now, but can help you in the future, and that's the type of trade – you know he's looking for now. When he, we had him on the air uh, a week ago Saturday, he did say, you know, especially with losing Fitzgerald on waivers. And last I looked, I haven't looked in a week, but last I looked, he had not played for Florida. He's just been sitting there. Um, and you know, so yeah, he would definitely be looking maybe for some depth on defense. Uh, you know, coming into the trade deadline, that definitely would interest him. But. Uh, you know, the, what they need to kind of finish the job here isn't a trade deadline type deal. You know, you need players that are tougher to play against. Uh, you know, that's more of a summer type trade or, 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 you know, trying to get it that way. Usually that's not what you're looking You're going to wind up getting a trade deadline day. So if they didn't make a deal, I'm okay with it, I think. You know, I... I, I look at it this way, and I've always looked at it this way. Making the playoffs would definitely be a plus for these young players to go through a playoff round. But I also think having Lukanen as your starting goaltender and letting these guys, I mean, they, they did come back from nine points down with five teams ahead of them. I mean, that that, that they were way back. And this group has found a way to climb back into the whole thing. So – Letting them finish, try to finish the job. I don't really have a huge problem with that, honestly. Um, they'd get good experience. They'd find out for sure, you know, where they're lacking. And you know, if they were, if this group were able to get it together and get themselves into the playoffs, and I mean, even after last night, they're still in great shape. Yeah, they're still know, only five uh, points out. I mean, and they've got still games in hand, which. I feel like we're going to be saying that literally up until the end of the regular season. Yeah, but, but you got to win yeah. those games in hand. But, you know, the, it's still, I mean, the, their destiny definitely is in their own hands. The only team they don't play is Pittsburgh. So, you know, even if you don't have to worry about one team, you only got to get by, get into one of the playoff spots. If, if you concede one to Pittsburgh, who cares if you're not playing them? But you still got two games against Washington. You're still going to play Detroit. You're still going to play the Islanders twice. Um, you're, so you, you're still going to play Florida. So, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, still in their hands to do. I just didn't like the way last night went down. I, just to let a team come in and absolutely embarrass you, laugh at you, and your building, who is your arch rival, just rubbed me the wrong. And I have seen this team get mad. I mean, and people say, well, yeah, but you don't want Cousins and Darlene doing whoever. I don't care. Just show them that that is unacceptable and that's not happening in your building. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's what I ask. And 
that beating all took place without Austin Matthews even getting on the score sheet. It was one line that beat him, you know, and, and you know, and picking up four and five points each, and even Matthews didn't factor into the whole thing. So uh, it's just, uh, as I said, it's. But I, I I know that Don Granado talks about that. He doesn't want his players to play with fear and to worry about making a mistake and all that. But in my mind, somebody needs to pay for last night. Uh, I, I, I think he needs to make an example out of some people. You can't make too many. You don't have that many on the roster. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you got to make an example out of somebody just to show the team. Maybe you guys are getting a little too comfortable here. You know, I know you're all friends and everybody's happy and you all do things together, and that's good. They should be. That That's what makes a team, and that's what made them a team. But um, I, I, last night, the way they played it, matter of fact, they embarrassed their coaching staff too. They're just not ready to play, and it might, there might, I mean, they might have reached the point of somebody has, to, somebody has to be held accountable for that and somebody needs to sit, maybe two. You've got two extras if uh, Clegg is ready to go, and they didn't call anybody up to go to Florida, so it seems like he might be. Uh, two extras would be in my lineup next game. What'd you make of UPL's performance? Not even just last night, but I, I guess even like over like the last few weeks, even before the All Star break, I, I've been somebody that I've really enjoyed watching his growth, especially because for a little bit there, it did kind of feel like he was somewhat of the lost prospect, going up and down, not really doing all that well in Rochester, but. He's had a few games this year, especially early on in the season, where he's somewhat willed the team to wins. I, I specifically look at the Vegas game as as one of those examples where he just he, he got them the win. Like there's no if ands or buts about it. But he hasn't really been able to get that save percentage over nine. He still I think is almost letting in four goals a game. I think is I think he's around three and a half goals per game. And it's just I know Devin Levi's coming. But it's it, like this is a continuation of the problems of last year of like, like you know where is the goaltending? Craig Anderson seems to be the best one on the roster. He performed much better than Lugan did last night. But a lot of it, like you were saying, is you know Toronto's just trying to get home. Like they're you know don't get hurt. We've won the game. Let's move on. But it, it, they do seem to be at a crossroads at goaltender where I don't think they'll make a move at goaltender anyways. I, you know for someone like Demko, which is, there's no real great names out there, but it's just Demko wouldn't improve your team. Yeah, he's not better, it, than, any of, he's not better than any of three goalies. Yeah, it, it would be the same thing. And, and as well, you you still have three goalies. I mean, the Comrie. I don't even know if I want to call it experiment. It's just it is it is what it is. He seemed like maybe a, a savvy pickup in free agency hasn't really materialized into that. But you know, where do they go from here? Is it really just kind of wait out Levi? Maybe try to get somebody in free agency and just and maybe even just continue on with Lukanen and, and hope it doesn't kind of derail seasons going forward? Well, Lukanen was pretty much doing fine, actually, um, until um, Carolina rolled around where he gave up four, and then he gave up seven to Calgary, but then had a real nice game in San Jose. They probably don't win the game if he doesn't play as well as he did, 33 saves on 35 shots, and it looked like, okay, you shook off the Calgary thing, and you, you did a nice job, but then – Toronto happens, and I, I know the head coach stood there at the podium and said it's not on him, and I admire him for standing up for his player, but Lukanen was shares part of the blame, as does everybody on that team. He, he could have made a couple of big saves, and that's the thing I've liked about him this year and the reason that he was able to win a bunch of games because he would make the big save at the big time. And if you go back before the Carolina game, 
Uh, you know, they played in overtime at Minnesota. He only gave up two. Then he gave up 3-3-2 three, three, and then 3-3-3. Three, three, three. So he gave up either three or two in, what, seven consecutive games that he played. And, you know, he also had come off a six-game winning streak, too, right before that. But he was making the big save at the big time for you, and that's what I like about a goaltender. You know, he his save percentage got into problems because he didn't start off well in the beginning of the year. And, you know, he came up. He's not used to the speed of the game because he's playing in the AHL. So Toronto puts a five spot on him. St. Louis only got two, but then Tampa Bay puts a six spot on him. And Colorado puts a five spot on him. So, you know, that's right away how his save percentage got out of whack because of the way it started for him. And then even after that, you know, three against San Jose and you beat Columbus, but you gave up four. That was the game that they scored, what, Thompson had four goals in the first period. Mm -hmm. But by the time Columbus was over, they did have four goals. And, uh, you know, he played better as it went on for them. So, yeah, I know save percentage is important, his numbers are important, but I liked his game. I liked how he was coming up with the big save for them to give them the opportunity to win, and then the break came up, and he's only played one good game out of three. So we'll see. You know, I don't think it's time to abandon it. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't think he, you know, he was fairly steady. I noticed the improvement in him as he went along uh, in this journey so far in the NHL, and, you know, he was constantly – I thought him and Anderson together when they were going on that streak did really, really well together. And, you know, Anderson chipped in a 40-save shutout against the Kings and then uh, a 29 out of uh, 31 shots in Arizona where he won that game uh, for them. So I, I thought it was going pretty well between the two of them, but it's certainly, uh, you know, coming out of break, uh, you know, it didn't – Anderson gave up five and a loss to the Kings – Lukanen, as you know, gave up seven to the Char or to the uh, Flames, and the only one that did fairly well was Comrie, who, who gave up three real quick goals in the second period. But then, for the last half of the game, shut the door and got the win. And he was the one that had won the last time they had won too. So uh, he's sitting on it, you know, two games in a row that he's played where he's given up two goals and three goals. So. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with Lukanen still. I, I don't think it's anything to worry about right now. I think next year is Lukanen and Comrie, and then the year after it's Lukanen and Levi, and off they go. So, you know, that's that's how I think it, it'll break down for them. But I still think now's the time to find out, and he still should be their starting goaltender uh, moving forward here. What'd you make of Ryan O'Reilly last night? I I know it's not his necessarily his return to Buffalo since obviously being traded, and really a lot of this team, this current Sabres team, really they didn't play with him. I think there's only three players who actually played with them that are left on the roster. But him scoring a hat trick, it's now the second former Saber this year to score a hat trick. The other being Jack Eichel. What is up with that? Like now, it, it almost feels like it is expected that when they play Florida, Sam Reinhart might actually go off. I, I don't know. Like, like, did he look good? Because this year in St. Louis, it, it was sounding like he was somewhat falling off a cliff, and last night he looked very, very good. Well, he looked okay. I mean, he wasn't playing with Marner and Tavares in St. Louis, and that makes a big difference when you're playing with players like that. I mean, what did Mitch Marner have? Five assists or something Five assists, like that in yeah. the game. You know, and, and that's the way he plays. I mean, going – so now, 
You know, you look at Marner, he has 51 assists in 58 games. So it makes it a lot easier when, you know, the Sabres, first of all, are providing no resistance whatsoever and are never even touching the puck. And you've got two premier puck movers and puck handlers on your line with you, uh, basically sending you in on breakaways. So I don't want to take anything away from Ryan O'Reilly, but, um, you know, I, I'm not really going to sit there and say, well, what a trade for Toronto after that game. But just because the Sabres offered no resistance and, you know, that Tor- Toronto just, uh, you know, with the guys he's playing, quite honestly, I don't know what Toronto's thinking. Why, why do you think you needed to add to your offense uh, when, when you need defensemen? I mean, that's a team that, that needs defensemen, and that's what I think their weakness is. And they added another forward to try to add to the top six. And it's like, okay, even if Ryan O'Reilly becomes Ryan O'Reilly again, I'm still going to say, well, you, I think that would have been be- that money would have been better spent trying to add to your defense. Well, that was going to be my next question too. Is it's like you know, as embarrassing as last night was, I, I did see some Sabres fans kind of having you know poking fun that you know Toronto and Buffalo ultimately have the same amount of playoff series wins in like the last like twelve years, and like the Ryan O'Reilly move is an exciting one if you're a Maple Leafs fan, but like I'm kind of with you on that. It's just like, but that wasn't your issue. Like you've always had top end talent on on the top six. Like like you're fine there. And I, I don't know. I mean, like they're going to play. I think Tampa is going to be who they're slotted in probably yes. for the first round. Uh-huh. And I last year I think was probably the, the the first time in a few years where I felt like Toronto didn't collapse, didn't fall apart, didn't look completely outclassed. But like like you said, like you need defensemen. I just I don't know. I mean, like now if they run into like a buzzsaw like Boston, I just I'm still looking at Toronto with so many question marks. Where a team like the Sabres just looking at their local rival for Buffalo, it seems to be more. Can we just you know speed this up? Like we all know where this is going. We all want to get to, you know, the train the train stop, and we're just not really enjoying the ride because the ride has these ups and downs. But or Toronto, I'm still I'm still just left kind of puzzled a little bit with where they're going forward. Like is is this really going to be the group that gets it done, especially after the Ryan O'Reilly trade? Well, don't forget they had Jake Muzzin, but he's only played four games this year. Yeah. They were expecting more, and now he is out for the rest of the season and the playoffs. So, you know, you only got four four games out of him. And, uh, you know, you look down their defense, they got a real good one in Morgan Riley. But after that, I don't know. They're, they're, you know, Mark Giordano was great at one time, captain of the Flames. But, um, you know, with he's going to be better with Toronto, but – you know, is, is is he going to be the answer, or should they be adding to it? And I think, you know, especially since they had to jump through hoops to get O'Reilly and find out a way to get 75% of his salary deferred by giving up draft choices, I don't know. I just think you would have been better off jumping through hoops, going to get a guy like, uh, you know, just a, a younger guy or a better guy or, you know, Chikrin or somebody like that. Jump through the hoops to get him if you have to, instead of to, to getting a guy that in St. Louis looked all washed up, and we'll see how he plays with Toronto. The Sabres do have two more games this week before taking on the Washington Capitals this Sunday. They have a back-to-back against the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers this Thursday and Friday. Paul, you talked a little bit about it this week, too, before we hit our first break. These Florida teams, specifically Florida, 
even earlier in the year, I think maybe the third or fourth game of the season when Florida was still trying to figure themselves out and even as they were getting towards the All-Star break and still not looking like the Florida of last year, the Sabres have struggled with them just almost to an obnoxious level where they just do not play well. It's them, the Kraken, who just give them so many fits. What? Why? Like, What, what do the Panthers, or I guess the Kraken as well, do that frustrates this young core so, so much? Well, you know, in that second game of the year that you referred to, I mean, they did lose 4-3, to three, but that game wasn't all that close, and, and Florida had a couple of power play goals in that game. And it just – Florida – the Sabres, all right, they they think they want to skate and they want to get up ice. Well, they start – Florida will make you turn the puck over, and now they're gone because they can go too. And there was a game you might recall last year where in Florida where the Sabres were up 4-1 to one and Florida won 7-4. to four. I mean, they, they they it was like they won going away. That, that was Florida's moniker last year was we just – we score goals in bunches. You might be up now, but – Wait 20 exactly. minutes. Exactly. And it's because, first of all, the talent. There was no questioning the talent. I mean, Huberto has not been producing in Calgary at all. He had 85 assists last year. Mm-hmm. He broke the record for left-wing assists. Forget points. He had 85 assists. I think something like 115 points, yeah. something in there. And, uh, you know, so they, they could really you, – you want to play run and gun with them? Away they go. They're, they're, they're game. And they also are on you quickly. They had a very. They were very good on the forecheck, so they would cause turnovers that way, and they would stand you up around the blue line and 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 make you try to get, think you can get through them, and they would turn you over there. And next thing you know, they're I don't think there were too many teams, maybe Colorado, who were better at transition than Florida was. You know, forcing a turnover and they're gone. And next thing you know, pucks in the net, and you're sitting there going, "What? What just happened?" Type of a thing. So. It's been. It doesn't matter who the coaches have been, who the players have been, but that's recently under Brunette why it is. Now this year, Florida's not that good under their new new coach, Paul Maurice. Haven't been good at all, but they certainly don't worry about the Buffalo Sabers when they play them, and uh, we'll see if they're a little more worried about them when they play them uh, on Friday. And uh, but even Tampa, Buffalo, I think plays Tampa better than they play Florida, but. It's almost like heartbreaking losses. They hang in there with mm-hmm. Tampa, and they hang in there with Tampa, but then Tampa finds a way at the end to beat them. What happened here in Buffalo? Over, you know, six five, and if I'm not mistaken, I, 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 you, you have a better memory than I do. I think Buffalo had a pretty good lead in that game. Oh, they did, they did. And and Tampa Bay came back and and just figured out a way to beat them six to five. So, uh, one of the biggest things in that game, Buffalo was one. F- you know, they only killed one or one penalty. You know, they had four penalties and Tampa Bay had three power play goals. And you, you let, them, let them back into the game. So they seemed to play better or closer games against Tampa. The game in Tampa was 5-3. But uh, Florida just, it, it, it just seems like a beatdown right from the start. And, they you know, the good news is they play better on the road. But the bad news is they don't play either one of these teams very well. Do the Sabres need to make a move to make the playoffs? Or do you want them to just kind of stay pat, get through the season, let this young team grow? We are taking your calls at 803-0550. 
Mike and Bulldog both have the day off along with Zach Jones, Corey Griswold, and Paul Hamilton for what? Like another half hour, Paul? Another half hour? Yep. Mm-hmm. Kind of want to hang out? That's cool. We're going to do that. And coming up at 4, Mark Schofield of SB Nation joins the show to talk a little NFL draft and Formula One, which in a sense comes back starting tomorrow. You're listening to Show with the Bulldog with Zach Jones right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shope and the Bulldog here on WGR with neither Shope nor Bulldog. Nope. Zach Jones, Corey Griswold, and Paul Hamilton hanging out for the next hour or so. Paul, Corey, quick question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been seeing the now reports, I guess for like the last like 20 minutes or so, that Netflix is going to be doing a in-depth docu-series following three quarterbacks from the NFL this past season? They were following uh, Chad Henney. They were following um, Billy Joe Holbert. Absolutely. And they were following, um, ooh, what would be another good one here? Ken O'Brien? Actually, okay, I like those three. Okay. I like those three. I j- just Ken O'Brien, though, against the Miami Dolphins. Who's, That's the only time he was Who good. were the three they were following? They, are, they followed Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Which makes sense, right? Absolutely. That one makes sense. Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. Here's my thing, and tell me if I'm being rude. Why do I care about two of those guys? Like, Kirk Cousins' this whole season is him going to be going like, guys, I have no idea how we won that. I have literally no idea how we won that game. And Marcus Mariota's whole season is going, I threw the ball four times today, and that was a lot. Paul, My arm is sore. I think it might be interesting to see the three different levels of quarterback in the NFL. Like, you have the, the best currently, which is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. We have Kirk Cousins, who wins a ton of games, but not everybody thinks he's really good. And then you have Marcus Mariota, where practically no one does. And you, you kind of see all phases of how that position is played. Very well, um, kind of confusing, and badly. No, that's exactly what it was. You had a guy who hadn't started for years, and then a guy who's, eh, and then a guy who's really good. 
So it gave you gave you a look at three different three different avenues of uh, quarterback. I can only imagine now that if this gets picked up for a season two, the quarterbacks they look to, one of those guys is going like, "Do you guys not think I'm any good?" Yeah, that's the like, thing. It's immediately <laughs> going to be like, "Wait, am I the bad one? <laughs> if, am I the one who's here to look like the jerk? All of a sudden, I'm the jerk on the show. It's me." I hope so. I hope that's what's happening. Kirk Cousins absolutely believed he was the best quarterback on that program. Right, they did not tell him Patrick Mahomes was. Like, I, I, this is this is my theory. There's no way they told him Patrick Mahomes was also being followed. Would you have to not know? The, well, he'd find out, wouldn't he? Did they play each other? Did the Vikings did, play did the Vikings and the Chiefs play? Because he'd see the crew, wouldn't he? He would know the crew. He would be like, "Hey, I have like, a crew he, like that." He, yeah, he was he, he was with me like last week. What is this about? <laughs> yeah. That that division played the East. Oh, okay. So maybe not. They didn't then. Yeah. Oh, this could have been totally kept a secret. This is the first time Kirk Cousins probably is finding out that Patrick Mahomes is also followed. I almost want the crew to go back and f- to see the reveal. They should handle it like The Bachelor. <laughs> they should handle it like The Bachelor. How how exactly would you want that handled then? Like, is it like a like new week we're going to follow a new quarterback? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I I don't know how it plays out. I just this it's just an idea I have off the top of my head to bring some excitement. Um. It, is it Netflix that has the golf is, one? Yes. I've been meaning to try to like watch that. Netflix is like getting really into these in-season, we're going to follow either right. the entire sport with, with Drive to the Survive and Formula One, or I, I, I can't remember what, what it's called. I'll look it up in a moment. The hard knocksification of sports. But like, I, I, personally, I like this better. Like Hard knocks, to me, had gotten really boring. Like, I don't know I, with you guys, but, like, for me, Hard Knocks became, like, the same formula of we're going to follow a bad team. I'm going to hear a coach give a rah-rah speech in episode one about how they're not going to be awful this year, only followed to be awful that year. Um, probably a high draft pick's going to be looked at that they're like, this is guys the savior of the franchise. We haven't felt this way in 45 years. And then I'm going to follow a potential camp cut, likely camp cut, and I'm going to fall in love with that guy's story, and I'll be really upset when he's cutting, like, episode six. Like, that was Hard Knocks for, like, 15 years. I'm kind of into the idea of, like, these in-season looks. Because, like, for Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, it was, you know, these great runs to the playoffs, and then the Viking season ultimately ends, like, in a real, like, oh, that was, oh, that's how that's how your season's going to end. Where with Mariota, he ends up getting benched for Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. So, like, it, like I'm kind of into that idea. I'm curious as to what level of control the players had in the footage they showed and well the it stuff, does sound like the they, they like they went to like their home and stuff like that and kind of like it was like truly like all kinds of access you got for these players but i'm, I'm with you like there was probably a certain bit where it's like yeah guys we're not we're not going to do that right so i i do wonder how reality tvified it's going to be where it's like everything's scripted but i don't know how much they're going to be able to do that without teams like being really frustrated like having to like manufacture moments or meetings and stuff like that i am i do I am fast, especially in football, because so much of it is not known about how players get better, especially at that position at quarterback. Oh yeah, like I have no idea how Josh Allen got better at the game. I obviously it's clear he did, but he started out as a bad quarterback, and he is clearly much better than he started. And I still don't know how he figured it out and what the actual process was process was of that growth. Like, what is the specific, I guess, for lack of a better word, lesson plan of how you 
tell a quarterback to get better at his job and why it's so rare to do, right? Like, I would love to watch just Patrick Mahomes analyzing and processing from a week-to-week basis the actual game and how it's played and, and what he does. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff I actually want to learn. I don't necessarily care about, like, what's going on at home. I want to know yeah. how the game is viewed and processed as a quarterback and to see the differences between them. Well, they, they were mic'd up every single game. I think that's the thing that was, like, how secretive are these teams going to be? Like, you're not going to be getting Mahomes breaking down his offensive playbook. Like, there's no way you're going to get that. We don't want people to know Patrick Mahomes plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. We have to keep this under wraps. Yeah, no one can to, know he's here. No. Like, at best, you have to you have to guess at that. But, like, I do wonder how much you're going to get. I, I do know, just as somebody that got really into the show, Drive to Survive with Formula One, does sometimes get banged for sort of making up storylines and, and taking clips without context and stuff like that. So I do wonder with how much the NFL is viewed, like how people will see this. It comes out this summer, so it'll be kind of in like the, I guess almost at the perfect time of like everyone's kind of like just waiting for the next season to start. So I do wonder like how this could be perceived if, if it does go that drive to survive route of like somewhat making up drama, even though with like with these three quarterbacks you're following, there really isn't going to need to be any made up drama. Like each of them really did have interesting storylines to follow again Kirk Cousins lucking himself to wins all year Mahomes wins the MVP and Marcus Mariota Corey to kind of what you said is the bad quarterback and you kind of watch his fall now who are the actual three quarterbacks you'd want to follow in this like if, if you had your choice of the three guys is there any quarterbacks either of you would like definitely like I like it doesn't have to be Josh Allen it could be but it doesn't have to be but is there any of like three quarterbacks or even just one that you're both like I need to see that guy. I want to know what's going through his head. I have a definite well, answer, Paul, if you do. I know it's going to shock both of you. There hasn't been one second of my life where I've ever thought to myself, I'd like to watch Hard Knocks. See, ever. I can understand that, though. I can understand ever. that. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've never been tempted to turn it on. I don't even know how I can get it. I just have zero interest in it whatsoever. I used to watch the NFL films yearbooks. Oh, okay. Yeah. When those came out, those are more my style. Mm-hmm. Those those are more my speed. But if there's one quarterback that I would want to see on something like this, honestly, Zach Wilson. Oh, give me the train wreck. Let me see like what happens when it goes wrong from that position uh, that has so much weighing on it that uh, of. People who obviously you have to be talented to play that position and to even get drafted at that position. There's got to be something there. How did it go wrong? I want to see that kind of analysis of when it goes wrong because that fascinates me to no end. I am interested though, and not in like there's a, not a single I, young quarterback they picked either. Right. I, it's not even like in a way of like I want to watch it so I can take glee out of someone suffering. That's not what I'm looking for. I actually want to just be like. Where is the failure in the development of something that is so important that teams dedicate their entire organizational outlook mm-hmm. to getting one and they still screw it up? Like that, to me, I want to investigate that. I want to see how that plays out and why. It, w- it would be interesting. Paul, with you never watching Hard Knocks, was there ever – because you said like flat out like you're like, I've never had a desire. Is it like the format or, or what is it that you're just like, ah, I have no no need for it? I didn't know much about it. It didn't interest me at all. I, reality television and that kind of stuff has zero appeal to me whatsoever. I mean, I, I there's nothing reality I I watch. I don't care. I don't you know the Bachelor or any of that garbage. 
Uh, I just, it's not for me. I, I, I don't enjoy watching conflict. Um, I'd rather watch a movie or something. So that's probably part of it that I just, reality TV has no interest for me whatsoever. Is it a, is there a soft border or a hard border between a sports documentary and reality television? Soft. Absolutely. Because I, I think they, I think they can very much make up storylines as easy as they want. Yeah, to. just through editing. Yeah. Like you don't even have to tell the players just to act a certain way or behave a certain way. Although they might just do that because the camera is present. Mm-hmm. But like, it. Where do you try to find the truth, and where do you like? Okay, well, this this is just more fun to show, so we're just going to show this, and those kinds of decisions. And knowing those decisions are coming to you as a viewer, right? They don't necessarily tell you that. There isn't a thing that starts at the beginning of the show that says, "Hey, by the way, we're taking license with something because we think it's just going to look cool. Enjoy it." They, they don't say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, no. So you don't know if it's the truth when you're sitting there watching it or not. You don't know what's being played up for dramatic value or what isn't, right? It's not like uh, a 30 for 30 or something like that where you kind of get the premise going into it. Yeah. It's a, if it, it's, you know, if it's a, if it's a episodic kind of a thing, you just have to tune in next week and find out. And when it comes to like, I want to know what the truth is versus I want to be entertained. I have two different goals when I'm watching something and I, I, tend to put up a hard wall between them i i i almost i almost can't i feel like just because like i'm the opposite of paul like if i want to like feel good about myself all i do is throw on a trashy reality television show and i just let i let that ride for like 10 hours that's just absolutely (laughs) disgusting behavior i feel disgusting behavior i feel phenomenal afterwards i watch like a few episodes of love is blind i'm like i'm doing all right i'm doing phenomenal (laughs) okay okay. all right that's well I, i think i think i'd rather watch a hallmark movie Oh, now see, Paul. That's see, that's that's a see, line. I'm going to watch that. That is a line worse. way too far. <laughs> I have I've I have only had one meet cute in my life, and it was with a mailbox. I've never had an opportunity to have a Hallmark experience in my life. Like, I'm not going to sit down and watch that and feel better about myself. I'm going to feel t- this woman on this Hallmark movie. It's got this huge project. She's got to get finished in Chicago, <laughs> and she's got time to go back to her hometown and fall in love. Paul, I don't got that going on in my life. <laughs> I thought I knew Paul's a person. I don't. I now don't. I just. Uh, oh man, the the Hallmark Channel. I just, listen. <laughs> you want to see it's some an experience? It I is. Guess. It's a truly so many actors, and you you're watching them, and you're like, I think I've seen this person before. They're all on the Hallmark Channel. They're and, all on the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. Does Corey have a? A little more of a knowledge of the home, the Hallmark Channel than oh, you should. It, it he, is, he gave you the whole synopsis go, of every movie. We go hard, is, there is only one playbook on the Hallmark Channel. Um, we go. Yeah, but how do you pain. know that? We go hard on the paint on Hallmark. <laughs> Thanksgiving, all the way to Christmas and New Year's, man. It's Hallmark. We got on that TV. So we we roll deep on Hallmark Channel. We love okay, it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we love it. Absolutely, Still give it to me. The give me the gorgeous. I, I can't do it. I can't. I've watched one Hallmark movie in my life. It was my then girlfriend in college, and I was like, mm. "I'm being punished for something I did." <laughs> like I left that like night. I was like, "I'm like I did something, and I did not pick up on what I did wrong." Let me be clear. It's awful. Like it's not good. It's, it's not good stuff. But I'll watch it. That's that's my trash that I enjoy. No. Low stakes. It's low stakes. It's low stakes. It is. Every, you know, everybody's going to walk away happy. That's fine. I'll take it. That is a fair point. We're going to take a quick time out. We're still taking your calls at 803-0550. Do the Sabres need to make a trade? Should they stay the course? Also, with this whole Netflix documentary, what quarterback would you want a full 
all season access to them. They're mic'd up every game. You're learning the ins and outs of not only their life, but the team. What quarterback would you like to see be involved in that? We're taking your calls again at 803-0550. This is Show on the Bulldog. I'm Zach Jones, along with Corey Griswold and Paul Hamilton, and you're listening to WGR. To show the vlog here on WGR along with Corey Griswold and Paul Hamilton. For the next few minutes, I'm Zach Jones. Talking a little Sabres as they fall to the Maple Leafs last night, 6-3. Ryan O'Reilly returns to Buffalo with his new team and scores a hat-trick. The Sabres were at one point down 5-0, and it was 4-0 after the first. I didn't watch much of the game because, as I brought up earlier in the show, uh, by the time I got home, it was 3 nothing, and I was like, ooh, getting on ESPN Plus and doing all that shenanigans is going to take way too long for me to put myself through that. And I won't do it. Instead, I will make fun of the Sabres on Twitter, which I did enjoy doing. But I did tweet out, and guys, I, I want to get your take on this. I tweeted out, should the Sabres stay where they're at or should they make a move? And we had a few tweets in, and one of them – brought up the idea of making a big move, but a player he was willing to part with, I, I'm, I'm a little interested in. He brought up the idea of making a move for either Meyer, Carlson, or Chick, and he did kind of preface that one of those two defensemen. Carlson? Yeah, that one I'm a little, I'm I'm less so on. Because, Paul, I'm with you. His defensive numbers, just, it's not, it's not you can worth it forward. Slightly. You can put a forward back on defense who can play better defense than Carlson. It's, he I is mean, not he, going yeah. to solve their problems whatsoever. He's decided to just pin his ears back and just go for it, which I can respect with San Jose, especially this year. But the player he was willing to part with, Jack Quinn. And, Depends on the trade. If, if yeah. I only need to part with one young player, prospect, however you want to call him, um, and maybe one draft pick, I can do that. Um, because what you're getting is a 26-year-old who you know is going to score goals in the league. Quinn is a young player who has a good chance of being a good player in the league, but you still don't know. I mean, you don't know if he's going to turn into anything. Uh, the, the, the jury is still out on it where – um, you know, you, you're getting a bigger guy in Meyer who plays both ends of the rink, who's not afraid to shoot the puck. I mean, he weighs 220, mm-hmm. uh, and, it, you know, it, it makes them bigger immediately. Um, so, yeah, I I basically, of the group of Paterka, Quinn, uh, the number one picks last year, any of them, yeah, if, if you needed to get rid of – if it cost you one of them to get him and maybe one – pick then i would give that some very very serious consideration I, matter of fact i would make that trade you would make that trade yep if it cost me uh, quinn in the first rounder i would make that trade all right paul thank you so much for taking some time out of your wednesday especially after last night's game against the toronto maple leafs again the sabers do have a back-to-back coming up tomorrow as they take on tampa and then florida on friday paul i will talk to you then thank you so much good sir it was a pleasure take care guys thank thanks you. paul that was paul hamilton and his reports or just his appearances here on wgr are brought to you by equitable advisors thinking about today and planning for tomorrow and by relax honda relax we've got this we are going to take a quick time out we are still taking your calls at 803-0550 do the sabers need to take make a trade 
Do they need to stay the course? And if you want to make a trade, who are you willing to part ways with? We're also taking your calls on what quarterback you'd like to see in a all-access documentary-type series. And coming up after the break, SB Nation's Mark Schofield joins me and Corey to talk a little bit about the NFL draft, what prospects are looking good, and is it possible the Bills might have to go defense in the first round? We'll do that when we come back. This is Shope and the Bulldog. Shope and Bulldog both have the day off. I'm Zach Jones along with Corey Griswold, and you're listening to WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 